Hello, wrestling family. Welcome to Sound of Whistle with IHSA wrestling official Tony Clark. Each week, I will bring you interviews with prominent figures in the sport of high school wrestling. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is uh, Tony Clark, and tonight I am talking with Hall of Fame coach Wilbur Barrero. How are you doing tonight, Wilbur? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing good, and thank you for taking time out of your uh, evening to do this for us. Yeah, I would say it was busy, but it's not quite busy anymore. Uh, hopefully, everybody that's listening, uh, family's doing well, and everybody's doing well out there. So keep yourself safe. Yes. So uh, what I wanted to talk to you tonight was uh, this podcast is really directed towards the officials, and um, I just wanted them to hear from uh, the coach's point of view. So I'll just throw some questions out there. You just uh, be your normal self. You know, you just, you just, you say it, you say it like you feel it. Yes, I will do that. <laughs> All right. So my first question for you is how long have you been coaching? Wow. Since 1980, I started as an assistant coach in 1980. So uh, 40 years now. Yeah. Wow. That is a long time. <laughs> it really it, it, it just seems like yesterday. Yes. We met back in 1982. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I was an assistant coach for three years. Then I helped out. Down, I went away from teaching because they have the layoffs during that time. Came back uh, in 85, what became the head coach of Waukegan West. And then I was the head coach of uh, Waukegan West until we combined, which I think was about 91. Then I became the head coach of uh, Waukegan. Then I left coaching for two years, basically. And then I volunteered coaching back at Waukegan for four years before I went to Evanston and Antioch since 0304. Yeah, and you've had, uh, to my memory, you've had a lot of success. I remember in, uh, I believe it was 92 when you became that combined head coach. I think your your team finished second in the state that year. Yeah, that you know um, what's funny about all these uh showing is the fact that um we've been so close and it's been so close to get to that state title and and every year it's one or two kids here or there um that could have made a difference. But it's it's part of life, you know, it's part of uh, accepting what's given to you and I can also say the fact that I've been very fortunate in coaching so many kids and having the opportunity of working with so many different type of kids uh, from the poor to the very well off. Um, and kids are kids. They're, they're all the same. They're going to they're gonna test your boundaries and they're going to test you as a person. And uh, it's important that you let them know that, you know, that we're here for them and we're working towards their goals. Now, Speaking of, what do you, as a coach, look for uh, in your official? Consistency. I think it's the most important part. You know, some of the coaches, um, and, and I've evolved. I mean, I obviously, when I was younger, I was a little bit more uh, intense, I think, and many more. I mean, I, I'm, I'm intense. I'm an intense coach. I, that's who I am. Um, but... You know, the, the one thing with, with, with officials, I want to be consistent, whether consistently bad, consistently good, just be consistent so that it doesn't seem like it's all one-sided. Um, 
and, and to be said, I mean, with officials, I really respect what they're doing. At no time does an official ever hear me talking to the kids, blaming officials. At no time will you hear me saying to the parents that it was the official's fault. Um, I, I just don't believe in that. That's an excuse. And I, I, I get into discussions or arguments with officials based on what I believe happens out there um, and what they see. So, you know, those are mo mostly my discussion. And if I don't agree, I, I give my viewpoint. But afterwards, when I talk to the kids, I always tell them, you didn't lose a match because of the official. You lost a match because you didn't do X, Y, and Z during the time you had. Um, so, I, I mean, it's, it's hard as I am. I, that's, that's one thing I truly believe in and I, and I live through with uh, parents and kids. Now, when you say consistency, and I, you know, you said good or bad, um, what do you find most inconsistent um, from official to official? Is it a stall call? Is it a starting position? What do you find us to be the most inconsistent? I, I find it to be, for example, in the uh, state tournament, team state tournament this year, uh, we got called for riding. I think it was in the state tournament. I'm not sure what it is. And while the other person, you know, it, it's the first time I really see that the person on top was getting called for stalling um, as much as what I saw. Maybe this was one of the young officials. It was one of the young officials. I couldn't understand that um, because the person on the bottom was not doing that much. Um, and they weren't being called. So when I look at consistency, then I look at what happens when the other person was on top and he made the same calls. I, I can accept that because he's being consistent on the writing. He expected the writing person to be much more aggressive than what they were. So that's acceptable to me. What wouldn't be acceptable to me is that all of a sudden we ended up on the bottom and now they're, they're hitting us on the bottom for not moving enough and not doing the job. I think that th the stalling call, and it's a hard one because it's a judgment call. Um, I think the, the stalling calls are kind of uh, questionable at time, especially when I, with, especially on, on the mat. I think on the mat makes it much more difficult because there are times where you have a dominant wrestler on top. And you may be only able to be do two or three moves because that guy is so dominant. So then you get hit for stalling and you're like, okay, why am I getting hit for stalling? The, the kid's obviously much better, obviously a much better rider. I'm only doing as much as I can do. So what do you expect them to do? Um, so those are the type of things that you look at and you, you wonder why officials are making the calls they're making. Um, but again, consistency to me is the most important part. And, and the fact that I think, I think with, with officials, you know, owning up when they make a mistake, I think is important. I, I just, I, when you make a mistake, you make a mistake, you're human. It's okay. You know, um, to me, that goes a long way. How frustrating is it for you as a coach, especially like um, 
well, let's just keep it in the in the state yep. series. Whereas, like you said, this 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 ref, he was hard on the uh, top wrestler, but now the next match, you got a different ref, and he's got a whole different style of stalling. How how frustrating to you as a coach that we official from official uh, have such a wide variance in our style. You know, this year I felt that our officials at the state tournament did a much better job than they did last year. Last year, they were all over the place. It seemed like the officials that, that came from our sectionals and came from our regional and came from, I, I'm going to say the North area, um, were much more consistent than the ones from, from whatever area they came from. Um, it's, it's somewhat frustrating, but, you know, again, I, it's one of the things that I coach kids. I said, listen, you have to learn what, how these officials make calls. You have to understand that some are going to call it this way. Some are going to call it that way. And when it's all said and done, we have to make the adjustments. Um, you can only hope, but you, you, you can't expect it to be the same because if that was the case, it'd be a boring world. Everybody would be the same. Um, and we'd have a lot of those Montini kids up at Antioch, huh? Uh, so, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so when it's all said and done, it's never going to be the same. What you like to see is, again, to me, in my mind, is consistency. Um, to me, that's the most important part, that if I see one wrestler's being called, then the other wrestler should be called for the same things, not one way or the other. And that's, and that's typically uh, when I get the most upset is when I don't feel things are being consistent. Yeah, I did a uh, match of yours this year against Round Lake and I was doing my normal stall call. You go out of bounds. I don't ask you why, where, or how come. I just nail you mm -hmm. for stalling. And uh, it, it was an eye-opener for the Round Lake team because they hadn't seen me yet that year. And your guys were pretty dominant and they their answer was to go out of bounds. And uh, it was funny because I didn't think I was doing anything I hadn't done. Um, I saw some of your parents uh, that following Sunday at a kids tournament. And they said it was like night and day. I made people stay in bounds and work. But wherever you guys went, some kind of quad or something on yeah. Saturday, they said you couldn't get a right. stall call. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys were so frustrated. Yeah, from that me. was that was it. I think it was Maine South, if I'm not mistaken, um, that the officials there were just. But again, you know, and I tell my coaches, listen, you can get upset, you can get on their butts. What you have to look at is, are they consistent? Are they not calling stalls for anybody? And so, while you get frustrated that there should be calls out there. You also have to look at, are they doing the same thing to the other team? Because if they're doing the same thing to the other team, then you just shrug your shoulder because the other coach is just as frustrated. Um, and, and I tell parents that when some parents come to me and talk to me and I would say, well, yeah, yeah, you know, but they were consistent. And what does that mean? Well, they, they did the same thing to both sides, you know, and so why, why are you going to argue something when they're doing it to both sides? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and then you have to critique them. I mean, if they want to critique, then you critique them and you let them know that, you know, here are some things that I would see. I think, I think, again, officials need to be open 
and accepting to some conversation and 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 some um, uh, mutual critique, I guess. It's a respect. It's a respect thing. As long as they're not being respect disrespectful, uh, I think it's important for for officials to know that it's okay. It's okay to have a conversation with the coach. Do you feel, for the most part, uh, our upper echelon, especially because you're a varsity coach, do you feel most of our officials are are open to conversation without uh, you walking away with a penalty? Uh, yes. I would say that 99, 95% of our officials are, are really good about that. And I really appreciate that because – Sometimes it's just a simple question. Sometimes you don't understand. Sometimes you may not agree, and it's okay. You know, um, you know. It's, I, I think sometimes the officials, some officials get too sensitive. They're too too sensitive, and and so they they don't expect you to question anything or say anything. And if you do, they hit you right away because they know that that is that is their within their power. Um. And then once they hit you, then you're kind of stuck. Either I'm going to get kicked out, which I have been <laughs> many a times, or I no longer am going to be saying much or questioning much. You know, um, I think, it, it, again, it's, it's everybody has a job to do. I think uh, when it comes to wrestling, I, I, and I tell this to the kids all the time, your job is not to talk to the referees. Your job is not to get out there and be get talking to the other kid. Your job is your job is to wrestle. My job is to coach. The official's job is to officially officiate. The parents' jobs are to be parents. Everybody has their job, and we're all going to make mistakes, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's owning it, which is where I think some officials have a problem, owning the fact that. Ah, maybe I did blow that one. You know, um, I think that's where where I get frustrated sometimes when when official just blows it and, and just instead of uh, acknowledging it, he hits you for for coming up and saying anything about it. Um, you know, those things are frustrating as a coach. Most of my energy and most of my um, intensity is directed to the wrestler. I think if anybody's seen me coaching, I'm, I'm normally directing almost everything to a wrestler. If I don't like something of an official, I'll say, oh, that was a bad call. Now, some, some official like you, you would laugh me off. You would just, ah, okay, you know, okay, that, I don't think so. And, but other officials would right away, all right, if you don't like it, take me to the table. Well, once that starts, now I feel like, okay, now he's being the showboat out there. He's taking the away from the kid wrestling, and he's protruding on me and, making, and aiming things at me. Now I probably will say something back, and that's typically where I get myself in trouble. So I, I think, uh, again, I think our officials are starting to learn a lot more. I think they're being a lot more accepting. But I think that that the fact of just taking ownership and being respectful uh, goes a long way. Just goes so far. And I wouldn't have a problem with an official coming to me afterwards 
and saying, Coach, you know, you really went too far today. I have no problems in having a conversation. And most of the time, if I feel that I did, I would apologize. I, I have no problems in apologizing. And because when you're wrong, you're wrong. And when you do something, uh, then you're wrong. And for example, last year when, when I got kicked out of the uh, final dual meet, you know, I, I don't agree still with the call, but I also don't agree with the way I reacted. And I let the parents know that. I apologize to the parents. I apologize to the kids. I apologize to the official. Um, because, you know, when, when, when you feel that the, you're, you're, the way you acted and the, you, the actions you took were inappropriate, then there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't apologize. And, and I've seen you do that on a number of occasions. So I know that is a rule that you live by. If there was something that you could change um, in the officiating world, what would that one thing be? I guess I, I, I think I mentioned a couple of times just that, that it's okay to be imperfect. And it's okay to say I blew it. And that the officials that's okay. And, and if a, if a coach can't accept that, then that's on them. But I, I really, I love the fact that, and I credit your work and other people's have been working hard at making officials human, making them that they are approachable. You can laugh, you can kind of say a few things and, and have a good time. Um, because your job is hard. Being an official is not easy. It's a hard job. Um, but at the same token, you're not going to be perfect. So that's the area that I think I would love officials to be able to talk, be able to go to the head table and explain something and not get up, not let it get under their skin uh, just because we weren't sure, or maybe we were questioning a call they made. Um, the biggest thing is, did I come up there swearing at you? Did I come at you? Uh, barking at you, uh, or did I come and ask a question? But I think that the fact of being human, <laughs> the, just just respecting each other, I think that would be the biggest uh, compliment that officials can get, at least from me, that, you know what, I, I really appreciate the fact that you made the call and you owned it if you were wrong and you owned it if you were right. And that's okay, either way. Yeah, and you know, for those that have officiated or have seen you coach, uh, you do have a very intensive style. Um, I, I won't. I'm going to take the word intensive back. You have a very passionate style when it comes to the performance of your wrestlers out on the mat. Um, you are very demanding uh, of your wrestlers, and you're right. I've I've seen you stay focused on your kids and uh you do you know your your, your style's a little bit unorthodox uh you have you have a uh, hard time <laughs> using the chair and uh <laughs> i know when the official starts focusing on your inability to sit <laughs> that that sometimes leads to yes uh, yes, some yes yes i do i i you know i 
that rule to me it, it's no different than the hairstyle. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, you know, it's, there, there should be a, like the state. You know, there's a line. What's the difference if I stand behind that line, stand behind my chair, or sit in my chair? What is really the difference if if what you're focused on is the wrestler? Um, so I, I, I think that's just a, a rule they have, and it seems to be more of a controlling rule in my mind. Um, not sure what they're worried about from someone standing up because – you know, when you get, I don't know how the coaches can do it. I don't know how they can just sit there when they get passionate, when they get upset, when they're, when their kids not doing what they're supposed to do. I don't know how they can just sit there. I just, I have a hard time with that. Um, but that rule there, and, and, and I know coaches, you know, referees are looking at that, but if they would ask themselves the question, you know, of, okay, is he barking at me or is he barking at the kid? Is he is he being disrespectful to anybody? Uh, what's he actually attempting to do? Um, I think they find out that they, that that rule is really it's just it makes no sense in my mind. I, I don't understand the intent of and maybe you can explain it to me of that rule that you have to sit besides somebody made that decision somewhere along the line. I think it's a decision that was just made as part of uh, keeping control of uh, your match situation, keeping and just keeping a clean look uh, across the floor. Because um, you look at other sports, except for like a football or something like that, where they have to constantly move. But uh, basketball created a box for a reason. Um, it's one of those rules that we as officials right. are inconsistent in enforcing. Uh, I happen to know, you know, we up north have a different style. Um, I know there's a tournament yep. you pull to in Central Illinois, and <laughs> things change well, now, for you. Not only you can you there. not stand up by the chair, you can't even go on the outside of the uh, of the uh, roping area and, and do any coaching because you get worn from there. So it's like. It's a complete different world there. Yeah. Um, but I, I, again, I, I don't understand. Again, I don't understand. You know, you, you mentioned the basketball. They have a box. They have an area. Well, what's wrong with giving the coaches an area? You know, what's wrong? You know, now, now even you're not supposed to stand behind your bench. Uh, that what sense does that make? It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I think that officials have enough to worry about that they don't need to be worried about whether their coach is sitting or not sitting. I, yeah, that, that's yeah. true. That is true. We do have enough. We got a 28-foot circle in, in, in trying to control the, the next right. 10 Well, and the that. thing so about we'll it is that your main focus should be the wrestler. So why put these barriers mm -hmm. that you have to worry about? I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't, I don't agree with it. Uh, I appreciate the fact that officials have allowed me to kind of be a little loose with that um, because when it's all said and done, I don't know if I could just sit. I mean, one of the things I do, I mean, even when we're, we're at dual meets, I'm behind the bench standing up. So when someone told me I couldn't stand behind the bench, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. 
I said, I'm behind the bench. I said, why, why can't I not stand behind the bench? What's the difference between that and sitting down right in front of it? Um, I think that's just a little, a little too much as far as that. Yeah, I think, I think you'll find next year uh, we started something at the dual team state tournament that you wouldn't have been aware of. But uh, we were given leadway to um, really not put you guys in that box. So at the dual team state tournament, you were allowed, if need be, if you were back there coaching, right. nobody, nobody would have been looking. And I think we may take right. that philosophy I through the that. year. Again, uh, I hope coming, we, as soon as we talk. Yeah, I, I just believe that the officials have enough to worry about. I mean, I think the only time the official really needs to worry about the coach is that they are barking at them, swearing at them, and doing it. You know, that's a different story. You know, but beyond that, if, if, if the coach is working with the kids and saying something with the kids and things of that nature, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. I mean, the, the job they have is tough, and it's intense at times, depending on the who's wrestling and the dual meet and everything else, and that's the type of sport we're in. So I think I think what is what's important is that the official that they respect each other. That's all. It's just a, a, I mean it all leads back to respecting each other. Yeah, let's talk some some of the the rule changes. How you feel about uh, some of the changes that have come along? Yep. So uh, let's go back a couple of years. Um, the change in the boundary line rule, where now you can score near fall or a pin which are love it. being across the boundary i love it i love the that. fact that uh you have to wrestle consistently through um you know i i love the fact that you know even if you're if you're on your if you have a, per, a person on your back and you're by that line you're still going to be able to pin them um it makes the wrestlers have to work a little bit more which is good um the boundary line, it's a little confusing. The only time it's a little confusing for me is the determination of being pushed out versus wrestling out. Um, that, yeah, yeah, that's the only confusing part, yeah, of what I'm seeing because in some cases, and again, it, it depends on the referee, but in some cases, a kid can be pushed out, just all that the kid is doing is pushing them out. Um, and we get hit for stalling. In other cases, you know, uh, we uh, we could the kid can be moving backwards, and we're pushing, and we get hit for stalling. Yeah, you know, it's just that's a little inconsistent uh, there. But I love the aggressiveness. I love the fact that 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 you know, as long as you have a support, a couple supporting points in, that you're going to be able to continue your wrestle. And I think it should. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Let's go back a couple more years. How did you feel about um, moving from the singlet, given the option of the uh, two-piece, the uh, tight shirt and the uh, uh, shorts? Again, I, I didn't have a problem with it. You know, because you got to remember, I come from an era of uh, three-piece. <laughs> we had shorts, we had tights, and we had a top. Uh, so, you know, that I didn't have a problem with it at all. Any issue, again, you know, whether this should be tucked in, 
I, I don't remember what that rule is, if they have to be tucked in or not, uh, as far as the show. Yeah, they're they're supposed to be tucked in, but some of the right, it depends on right. the body and count, so how long they I think I think for some kids it works well for. I mean, some kids don't like to wear the singlet. Uh so they prefer to do this and they're and they feel comfortable in it. So why not? You know, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, now let's go back to the you you had talked about the uh, stalling, pushing, and pulling. Um, do you feel that 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 change about penalizing someone, whether they pushed out, pulled out, but once they cross that line, are you feeling good about the fact that they're gonna they're gonna be penalized for being there? Yeah, and they're gonna I be do. Forced to I, uh, I I like that. I like the fact that because too many times. Uh, previously we had too many kids that played the the edge you know uh, as a matter of fact i would even teach you know how to wrestle on the edge because you have to understand because when wrestlers are back there uh and you shoot towards out of bounds well guess what you're not going to score and i used to tell kids that why why are you going to shoot facing out of bounds you might as well put your back towards out of bounds and shoot forward um then you can you have more of an option more of an opportunity to score so i really like the fact that you know, you have to come to the middle. You have to work yourself towards the middle. Um, I think what needs to be looked at on there is that if a wrestler is attempting to get in, that the wrestler is being allowed to come in um, because there also is that, you know, that where, where you square him up and you continue while he's attempting to circle towards the middle, the guy squares him up and all he's allowing him to do is go sideways. Um, so I think that's that's the one thing with officials that they would look at that and look at the fact that, okay, is he attempting to get in? And is the other guy stopping them from coming in? Um, and I'm not saying that that should be a stalling call for the other guy, but that should be probably a, a warning to let him know, hey, listen, you gotta, if he's working in, you got to let him in. Um, because that's another situation where he's being kept on the edge um, and could be easily be pushed out. Yeah, I think uh, you and I had a dual meet or a tournament or something where you had you had brought that to right. my attention that the guy wouldn't let your guy back in. And I think I remember. I think I remember looking right. over and just right. saying, right. Right. "I had no business which, being there in the first place." Which we, right. we both right. just we laughed no about it. And moved on. But you know, <laughs> as in as in anything else, about if we make a mistake and get ourselves there, now we're we working to come back in. Is the question. And if we have, if we're working to come back in, then the other kids should yeah. be allowing us to come back in. Uh, that's, I mean, it, it, it. yeah, I, I think I, I think yeah. I have convinced the whistle, brought him back in, <laughs> and I just told, yeah. I told you, guy, I mean, don't get there again, you know. So, I mean, and again, right. you and I were able to make that exchange. We laughed about no. it, and, that, but and we it, never got see, out of hand with each other. This is what I like when you officiate. You, you, you're able to be respectful and we're able to, to, we could agree to disagree and that's okay. And we can laugh about it later, you know, but we're respecting each other. And I think for most part, most of the officials, if they don't take mm-hmm. things personal, because this isn't personal. I mean, it, I think there was only one official where I probably took what he did more personal than probably any other official. And I think, you know, who he is. Uh, but I, I just felt that yes. this this was such a, in my mind, such an important thing for this kid to 
had that opportunity that he, and he lost it based on something that I didn't feel was correct. But nor here nor there. Um, this is not personal. You know, it, it, it's a job they're doing. It's a job I'm doing. It's a job the kid's doing. And that's all it should be. And no one should be taking this as uh, an attack on them. They need to grow. You know, every year I need to grow. I need to look at my wrestling season. And I need to look at how I acted and how did I conduct myself um, throughout the season. And I got to continue to grow so that, uh, and the kids need to continue to grow. So, I mean, it's, it's all everybody learning and nothing personal. I, when official makes a call there, I mean, I'm not going to take it personal. I mean, it's not, it's not against me. It's not against my kid. That's what he saw. That's what he thought, you know, right or wrong. You know, and there have been many times that I thought I was right, and I was definitely wrong. Yeah, but when you're right, uh, you know, <laughs> and we'll, we'll throw his name out there. I remember one time, oh, yeah. uh, I guess it was Jason Hyderabad <laughs> that made a call, and you knew you were right that you 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 hunted him down Menards. and found him at a Lowe's <laughs> or a Menards or something, <laughs> Menards, and. Uh, you 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 stayed on that 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 conversation until you got you know until yep. you got in the front and said okay well but you were probably right so you you, you will you will take well, it to that extreme but so that is but it also that, that goes, goes to the person passion. I mean it also goes to the person I know I I just don't do that with every everybody uh but if I know the person heck yeah I'm gonna get on their butts and if they were wrong I'm gonna get out of here more because I'm like huh I told you <laughs> yeah I remember that yeah yeah. <laughs> but the ketchup at shopping in Menards. That was funny. So, no, that, you know, and again, yeah. Jace is a great kid and he's learning and he's gotten so much better. Um, and again, not to get, not, not to get uh, sidetracked with it, but just don't take these personal. That's the big thing. It's just not, this is not personal. I mean, people uh, that know me know that, I'm going to talk to you no matter what. I, it's like, I, I may not like what you did, but I'm going to talk to you if you talk to me. Uh, or I may just need some time to, to cool off and let people leave me alone. Um, so it, it's just, I just think we have to be respectful with each other. That's all. Yeah. Uh, how, how did the change in the hair rule, you know, as far as we relaxed a lot of the, uh, restrictions that it existed up until you know up until this year did your team accept that pretty well um do you think it helps in recruiting wrestlers out when we're not uh, worrying about their hair yeah i don't you know what what when i look at the hair situation and i look at lanes and things like that um I don't, I don't see an issue. I really don't. I don't see an issue, whatever type of hair he has. Um, now, could I see an issue of the hairs coming towards the face and everything else? Maybe. I don't know. You know, I don't know how I feel about um, how much relaxing we're going to do with the hair. But I think that, that in some cases, it, you know, why have to cover up? If you have braids on your head, so why have to cover it up? It looks nice. Why are you covering it up? You know, you, if you got if you got uh, rough hair, okay, well that's your hair. What are you gonna do? 
You know, as long as you're not using it aggressively, it's not going to hurt you. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that officials need to look for is that, you know, it's, it's the fact of either using their hair aggressively in someone's face. That's the only time that really, if you think about it, someone's going to get hurt by hair. Um, no different when, when kids used to uh, put uh, tape around their wrist. Well, they, they, they weren't, their wrists weren't hurt. What they were doing is they were rubbing that, that tape around the person's face with the cross face. Um, so to me, when you look at it, yeah, yeah I remember, I remember that back the in analogy, the, the analogy of, the okay, you yeah. could have a hurt wrist and if you're not rubbing that back and forth, then that's, it's not going to hurt a person. Your hair can be what it is. As long as you're not using it to, to, uh, to scrub somebody's eyes or, uh, push it in their face. What's the big deal? But do you, I mean, and I don't know, have you seen um, where kids are like, oh, I'll come and wrestle. Yeah. I don't have to yeah, wear yeah, the, uh, they call them tights. We call it a singlet. Right. Um, it's been a and I don't have to cut my hair. Have you, I haven't, have you, have I have not picked up picked any up wrestlers because year, of either one of those rules. But I have lost wrestlers previously uh, because they didn't want to cut their hair. So it's going to help tremendously. When you're not going to lose that kid, that's a, it's one less excuse they can use, you know, um, when a kid wants to wrestle. If he wants to wrestle, it's one less thing they, they have to worry about. So I think it's great. I think the fact that, 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 that uh, coaches don't have to worry about it, kids don't have to worry about it, referees don't have to worry about it, I think it's great. I think it's just going to be another thing that's going to help us continue to recruit kids and we need to continue to do that. We need to continue to talk to kids and let them know that they don't have to worry about these things. They can be out for the sport. Now, I'm going to throw a couple of things. I just get your opinion about some upcoming, uh, okay. not even upcoming rule changes, but just some things that have been thrown out there as possible rule changes. Do you think we're ready for a one-second no. fall versus a two-second fall? I don't think that a one-second fall is going to help our sport. Um, I think part of the excitement is taking that kid and moving him towards his back and looking at, do I have a pin? Do I not have a pin? Do I have a pin? Do I not? Um, you know, I, I don't think that one second fall really helps us in any way, shape or form. So I would prefer not, you know, I would prefer to keep it at two seconds. Okay. How about instead of a five count being worth three near fall points, a four count being worth four near fall points. I would like to see a four point near fall. I would like the fact that if you hold them there and maybe the count is 10 seconds, maybe the count is, you know, you, you score three, if you hold them for five, you would score three, if you hold them for five, you hold score four, if you hold them for 10. Because when you look at, sometimes when you have a kid on his back, you can have him on his back just about all period. And you can't quite get that pin and you're only scoring three points. So why not allow, you know, after X amount of seconds? I don't know if I would say four seconds. 
I think that, again, the fact is that you're rewarding a kid or keeping someone on their back. So if you hold them for longer than 10 seconds, you get four. You know, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I think that would be something that I think would be interesting. Uh, here's one that's been bounced around a while. And if you get a takedown in the 10-foot circle, it would be worth three points versus two. What do you think about circle, that? Huh? God, what are the odds? So mm -hmm. that means if a foot, just one foot has to be on there? Just. It, it would be the same. It would be the same criteria uh, as we use for the 20 foot circle. For the officials. Um, personally, I don't, I don't like it. Um, I can see kids being brought back to the middle of the mat, you know, and, and making sure that they get that criteria for the, the, uh, small circle for two points or for three points. So I don't know. I, I think there'd be, that would be a difficult one. I think for referees and for everyone else to understand. So, and the rule basically right. says we're supposed to wrestle in the 10 foot circle. So, in your mind, is it harder yes. to execute yes. and score? I, in the I, 10 I really foot believe that the 10 foot circle is not big okay. enough to do that. I mean, you just think about how many, if you really think about the matches you were in this year, how many did you actually see in the 10 foot circle? You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, when we shook hands, right? When we and shook I, hands, and, and then it, so I don't, then it I fell don't apart see a lot that. of scoring happening there. I mean, we have to wrestling. Wrestling has to help itself also, and, and we have to do some things for scoring. I mean, people love scoring. People love pins. People love uh, to see that excitement, um, but they also love uh, the comp. The, you know, like we do. We we do our. Uh, our state when we stage with the with the fire and everything else and all this other stuff and they they love that stuff the dramatics I guess it is and I think that 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 to me would be hard to keep track of as far as scoring a takedown in the middle of the circle because people will be looking at that and say okay why is that one two and that one's three you know well his feet one foot was on one foot was off one foot was on what you know it's uh, no. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about the uh, extended time for? You know, I really, uh, I like it. I like the fact that we're taking care of our kids. Um, I was concerned this past year. I saw a couple times where I don't know if kids should have continued on, and yet they did. Um, Washington was a school that I saw where they had their own trainer. Um, and I don't know if anybody should have their own trainer taking that, taking that on. Um, because I just believe that the, the, the safety of our kids are real important. There are kids that there's no way that I would have put it back on the mat. I don't, I just don't believe so. And so the five minute rule, I think is awesome to make sure that, the kids are okay before they step back on there. Here's another one uh, that, that's been bounced around. Would you be in favor of getting rid of the uh, 
locked hands call? Because I mean, they don't use that in freestyle or Greco. So, do you think folk style is ready to uh, to let that play? boy? Uh, you know, I, I while they don't use it in freestyle and Greco, the scoring there is a little different, and the opportunity to score is a little different. I think it would really change the outlook of the bottom wrestling. Because if you can get your hands locked about around a person, uh, you're really going to control that person probably a little better, um, especially in certain situations. Um, so I think I think that I'm I would say that if we're if we're aiming towards more freestyle and Greco, then yeah, if that's the aim and that's the goal, uh, I would hope that that's not what we're doing because I think that there's something to be said about the collegiate style wrestling. There's something to be said that it's, while some kids are very good at freestyle, they're not very good at freestyle and vice versa. So when you take away something from uh, one of them, then obviously it just becomes a disadvantage um, to that one wrestler. So I would prefer not seeing locked hands um, around and I would prefer for it to stay the way it's been. You know, one thing I was going to tell you about the stalling call, Tony, that I forgot, where, where I find it that it's a little difficult to understand yeah. while I'm thinking about it. It's on your feet. With that five-second call, let's say you're on, you're, you're in control position and the kid stands up and you're, you know, you're attempting by either attempting to trip, attempting to lift, um, attempting to do different things yet you're not getting the kid down and they're getting hit for stalling because of the five second rule. So to me, it's like, you know, this is, I thought the intent of the rule is that if all you're doing is holding on, then that should be called. But if you're attempting to bring a kid down by trip, by lift, by other forms, and it's not happening, then I don't think they should be calling a, a stalling call there. Okay, that's an easy one. Um, it's a misconception. There is no time limit, but everybody has said that yes. we give yeah. a kid five seconds. That that that's the perception that we're waiting five seconds. But there it really it really is no time limit. Um, I for one vary my my timing sometimes i'll 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 do the stall warning at three um sometimes i'll do it past five because i never want a, a coach or a wrestler um to be able to time me because i do find that a lot of schools uh that wrestler will be back there and they'll hear the word improve and then they'll they'll try to time how long i'm going to give them to make the right. attempt so right. Um, that gets that gets them in trouble real quick trying to time it. But yeah, there is no time limit, and you are correct. Uh, the rule says you must make the attempt to bring the wrestler back down to the mat. Um, some some people are good at it, and there's a lot of people that aren't. And as officials, that that is an inconsistent call right. from person to person. Uh, some of us are very verbal. And we get our intent across that, you know, if I, in, in my case, I'll tell you to improve once. I'll tell you to improve a second time, but I won't tell you to improve a third time. 
So most people know on my second uh, mm -hmm. verbal improve, I hear coaches say, cut them. Because they, re they recognize my improves happen when the wrestler is just, he's, they're no longer making the attempt. They, they've tried a couple of times. They've given up. And we, we teach our officials to look for telltale signs. Uh, ducking the head, head uh, scooting your body away, taking yourself out of position to where you can lift or trip a kid um, is how we train them to look. But again, it's, it's, a, it's a really harsh judgment call. Um, so I can get where where we're inconsistent, right. and I can get a coach's frustration, uh, mat to mat. Um, because some sometimes I see a kid just run all over the mat for a whole minute, <laughs> no call, and I'm sitting there as an official like, wow, and I got to follow that. So yeah, I, I get where you're going on that one. It, 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 all I can do is tell you what the rules, <laughs> but that's one uh, I can't fix. Uh, you know, you talk to a coach like a Dale Egger, he he will always tell you, <laughs> mat return is a lost art. You know, um, and, and again, to the to the offensive wrestlers point, there's yep. a lot they can do. They, uh, you know, they can cut him, um, especially if all you're going to do is trip him back that, down and he's just going yep, to stand back up as easily as he did the first time. I think it's just, you know, different. they can you cut him. I mean, the only thing that really has changed is the fact you can't lift him when you have an arm barricade uh, or trapped. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, and the that, trapped arm lift. Yeah, we're 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 yeah, we have to stop. Right, right. The, and I don't have a problem with that lift either. I mean, I we're just, we're worried about I don't think that's a loss art at all. I think it's just a mere fact that right now the, the way I look at it is that we have to figure out different ways. And you know, I see different things that are happening, different ways people are bringing people down. Um but I, I just I again my whole thing was just a mere fact of how it was that uh when 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 a kid is attempting to bring a kid down, I, I don't think they should be hit or stalled. That's all. Yeah, and, yep. and by rule or not, but you know, it's every right. every ref. Right. You know, like I said, I know I look at uh, when the attempts have stopped. Then, right. You know, then then, then I have to get uh, back involved. Yep. Uh, and there's a lot of teams they teach their kids get to the feet, right, and and, and stay on the feet because the official is going to warn that other guy for stalling. So they, they are waiting for five seconds to get a point or a warning. They are. They are. Yeah. yeah. Well, Wilbur, we've uh, gone about an hour here. Um, once again, I want to uh, thank you for uh, taking the time to do this for us. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to uh, possibly having, you know, another talk with you. Uh, probably after we uh, get some rule changes, I'll probably uh, – reach out to you and then uh, you and I talk about those and how you think uh, they'll affect the sport and, you know, how, what your opinion is on how. Thank the you. And can thank you all officials. So for once what again, you do. thank you for your time. Uh, again, it's not an easy job. I understand that. And uh, I know you do it for the love of the sport. And I love the fact that uh, we have you there. So thank you again. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure and follow me on Instagram, ILWrestlingRef, or you can follow me on Twitter at AssignerGuy, A-S-S-I-G-N-R-G-U-I, to be notified of new podcast episodes. Thank you and have a great day.